With me now is Ambassador John Bolton. Ambassador, thanks for joining me. And I want to start, before getting into all the nitty-gritties of what the U.S. should do, what Israel should do, how to eradicate Hamas, I just want to stop and say you are a very controversial figure in the Trump administration and in the immediate aftermath, but it seems that you were entirely correct about Iran. Well, it's unfortunate, uh, but I think the threat that Iran poses uh, that we've been worried about on the U.S. side for Iran's support for terrorism and its pursuit of nuclear weapons uh, has continued unabated. And uh, after nearly three years of the Biden administration trying and failing uh, in its effort to get back into the 2015 Iran nuclear deal and its uh, very naive belief that through negotiation you could uh, get Iran back into the civilized world, uh, we've seen, sadly, on October the 7th and thereafter, what uh, what kinds of people Iran uh, associates with and how they do business. They remain uh, the world's largest state sponsor of terrorism, and we've just seen that unleashed against Israel. That is a narrative the, the Biden administration simply will not accept, because if they do, if they point the finger of responsibility at Iran, they'll have to uh, take the consequences for uh, the mistakes they've made over the past three years and the consequences, uh, unfortunately, tragically, that we're now seeing displayed in Israel. Yeah, and I would maybe even categorize it as more of a mistake. Their deliberate appeasement of Iran played directly into empowering this. Ambassador, this is the burning question that I have for you. This is why I invited you on the show, because I identify as neither a neocon nor an isolationist. You've called for regime change in Iran, and here's my question for you. A lot of conservatives who might be opposed to the idea of regime change aren't opposed to it because in a vacuum they have a problem with toppling a state sponsor of terror regime. They're opposed to it because of the consequences that we've seen in recent history, whether it was in Libya, whether it was in Iraq, that it begot these forever wars, these vacuums where terrorism was able to thrive. My question for you today is, how do you impose regime change on a country that arguably deserves it, like Iran, without it leading to one of these consequences that are that are not palatable to the American public, like a vacuum for terrorism or a forever war? Right. Well, let me just take uh, one one second here on this question of neoconservatism. I'm I'm not a neocon, and uh, for those whose memory doesn't run back uh, this far. Uh, the term neoconservative uh, came up at the beginning of the Reagan administration, and, and it was defined as a liberal who has been mugged by reality. And all I can say is I've never been a liberal, uh, so I'm not a neocon. I, I'm a, just a plain old conservative. Uh, the, the case of Iran is a good example of a direct threat to the United States, uh, both through Iran's pursuit of nuclear weapons and its support for terrorism. It was Ronald Reagan who put Iran on the list of state sponsors of terrorism in 1987, the first country we named uh, under that authority. Uh, and it's the fact that uh, ever since 1979, when the Islamic Revolution took power in Iran, one of the first things they did was seize American diplomats as hostages, uh, leading to one of the, the, the worst crises of the Carter administration demonstrating his weakness and, and really helping very much to lead to, to Ronald Reagan's election. Uh, it's hard to imagine a regime worse than the Ayatollahs taking power uh, because of their pursuit of nuclear weapons, because of their regional and global support for international terrorism, and because of their repression of their own people. We've just passed the one-year anniversary of the murder of uh, Masi Amini uh, for violating the Islamic dress codes. 
Uh, I think the regime in Tehran is weaker now than at any point since 1979. Uh, and I think that uh, uh, in this case, it's the people of Iran who are prepared to do the heavy lifting for us uh, if we just give them the potential to do it, which includes reversing the Biden administration's loosening of the sanctions imposed uh, on Iran after the Trump administration withdrew from the 2015 nuclear deal and enforcing. Uh, the, the the other sanctions that are in, in place. Th this regime is weaker than people think. Uh, and I indeed, I think the launching of the, of the Ring of Fire strategy now speaks to the desperation of the Ayatollahs. Uh, so this is, this is not the point to negotiate with them or placate them uh, or appease them. This is the moment to, to really apply the pressure. So let me make sure you under, I understand. So when you say that our, that regime change should be advocated for by American politicians or that should be our policy, you're not advocating that we topple the regime, but that we enable the Iranian people to do it themselves because they both have a palate for that we just, and the government itself is as weak as it's ever been. And there are ways that, that we can help them. Regime change doesn't mean American troops marching on their capital. Uh, it, uh, it can come about in a lot of different ways. We used to be pretty good at it. I don't see any philosophical reason in defense of America to do what we need to do to protect our interests. And this is not an abstract crusade for democracy. This is about protecting Americans and, and American interests. Uh, and I can't think of a better place to uh, carry it out than in Iran, where the popularity of the regime has never been so low, where the conditions of the people, the uh, the, the the possibility they see of getting past this uh, this rule by religious fanatics whose uh, attitudes deal with the ninth or tenth century, uh, I, I think the ground is fertile. Uh, they just need some assistance, and and uh, I don't think, uh, frankly, either in the Trump administration or the Biden administration, we've done anything like uh, what we should be doing to support them. Do you foresee, should something like that happen, should a regime change take place by the Iranian people with assistance from Western nations, would you foresee that meaning American troops on the ground in, in Iran or for stability, for fighting, and if so, for how long? I don't see any need for American forces to go in. I, I think this is, uh, th this, is, this is how it needs to be done in the circumstances uh, of, of Iran as it currently stands. That, that's different from other countries. Uh, I, think, I think the Biden administration made a catastrophic mistake following Trump administration policy withdrawing from Afghanistan, uh, where we may not have had a perfect situation by any stretch of the imagination, but I think everybody should take note the American presence in Afghanistan accomplished uh, the mission that uh, we went in to do in part in 2001, which was to make sure America was never attacked again by terrorists based in Afghanistan. And as long as we were there, uh, that held true. Now the Biden administration itself uh, has testified that foreign terrorist fighters are going back into Afghanistan and the terrorist threat emanating from there uh, is increased again. I think the people of Iran are very sophisticated, very well educated. They know they could live a different kind of life. Uh, they, they just need help with this totalitarian government that's been oppressing them for over 40 years now. Let me ask you about specifically what happened in Israel, Hamas waging this horrendous terror attack against Israel. There's been limited reporting. We don't have a lot of information yet about whether Israel had intel that would have warned them beforehand. I know Egypt claimed that they warned 
Prime Minister Netanyahu that they had some kind of intelligence about something big that was being planned by Hamas in Gaza. Uh, Netanyahu denies this. In your analysis, can you can you give us your thoughts on this intel failure? I think a lot of people around the world were surprised, given Israel's prowess in the in the uh, intelligence sphere, that that an attack as large as this slipped by. Well, there's no doubt, both with respect to Israeli intelligence and American intelligence, this is a catastrophic failure. Not to have seen uh, an attack of this size coming is inexplicable. Uh, not just for Israel, but for us, with all of the means we have. Uh, and I wonder just how much of that failure comes from our uh, declining to focus adequately on what Iran was up to. Look, there's been reporting in the Wall Street Journal after the attack based on sources citing to Hamas and Hezbollah that Iran was very deeply involved in this. And I have no doubt about it. This is the strategic reality uh, in, in the region. So, so when you hear after a catastrophe, a huge intelligence failure like this, people saying, well, I, I told them something was coming, uh, you're going to need to examine it. There's got to be a complete, total, thorough forensic examination at some point of what went wrong. But what we've heard out of the American intelligence community, the same kinds of after-the-fact statements saying, well, we, we said something was going to happen, if you just say, uh, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, but if you say well, something's bad is going to happen in Gaza, well, no kidding. That could be true any day of any week of any month. You have to have what we call actionable intelligence. It has to be specific enough and credible enough that people should take note of it. Now, whether the Egyptians had that, I don't know. I don't know what they've told the Israelis. Uh, it would be hard to believe that Shin Bet and Mossad and the other uh, security uh, services in Israel that do have extraordinary records miss this, but but we're going to have to await the the examination, and we should need it. And I I think honestly, in both countries, heads should roll here for this failure. Yeah, the red flag for me was when a spokesman of the Biden administration said there will be a time to analyze American intel failures, but the time is not now. That says to me that the time is certainly now to examine that that we might have. Um, or there might have been information that we should have known that we didn't had we been prioritized. Well, My one last reason question to do it, one reason to do it right now is having missed this, the most pressing question for Israel and the United States is what else have we missed? In other words, what other threats are out there that for whatever reason uh, didn't come up in, uh, in our searches? And, and that could be a, a really a very urgent matter. Assessing blame for it can come later. But right now, we need to know uh, what else we should be worried about. Yeah, it's almost a scary thought to think that if this if this terror attack uh, by Hamas of Israel got by, what else is in the plans? My last question for you is about Israel's course of action now. I mean, I think we're all watching the news. We're all seeing what they're doing. They're warning Gazans to leave because they're going to conduct airstrikes. They have been conducting airstrikes. The Hamas uh, terrorists are preventing Palestinians from leaving. What should Israel's course of action to eradicate Hamas be? Should it be focused on Gaza? Should it be focused on Iran? Should it be focused on Qatar? What should they do to prevent this from ever happening again? Well, uh, to be clear, the, the uh, Israelis have uh, a perfectly legitimate right in the exercise of self-defense, uh, not simply to respond to this Hamas attack proportionately, but to respond to the attack by eliminating the threat. Uh, after Pearl Harbor, we didn't respond proportionally by seek, sinking an equal number of Japanese ships as we had lost uh, on December the 7th. 
we destroyed the Japanese government. And that was our legitimate right to eliminate that threat, as we eliminated the Nazi threat uh, as well. So Israel's entitled to take pretty dramatic action here. Uh, I don't think they're going to target civilians, uh, but it's just as much an indication of how barbaric Hamas is that they're endangering their own population by using them as human shields uh, and by really offering to sacrifice them in order to put Israel in a bad light. I think Israel uh, has the, the obligation to its own people, and that's what governments are fundamentally for, to defend in the first instance against foreign threats. Israel is going to do that. I also think uh, at some point, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but at some point, uh, Iran has to feel uh, physical damage. Right now, they're fighting through surrogates. Israel's on the front line. Hamas is on the front line today. Hezbollah may be on the front line tomorrow. But Iran is calling the shots, and they need to know they can't do that without pain. If you want to establish deterrence, if you can't get to regime change, uh, the the uh, adversary needs to know that when they inflict costs on Israel or on the United States, the response is far greater cost on them. Then maybe they won't do it the next time. What about Qatar? Qatar is harboring the, the leaders of Hamas, really. They're staying in luxury resorts in the capital over there. The United States doesn't seem to do anything about it, at least under the Biden administration. What should be done? Well, I, I think anybody that's responsible for uh, for what Hamas did on October the 7th and a lot of other things they do uh, need to be subject to, to being brought to justice. And I think uh, Qatar could easily uh, lose a few uh, Hamas leaders to, uh, to the Israelis or to the Saudis who would turn them over uh, to Israel. And I, I think it's entirely correct to ask for that. Anybody who committed acts of terrorism needs to be held to account for it, period. It didn't used to be a controversial opinion. These days, it seems to, at least among uh, the protesters in cities, unfortunately, in, the, in America and in other Western countries around the world. Ambassador Bolton, thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it, sir. Glad to do it. Thanks for having me.